0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Mariner's Spot. Great to have you with us as we get you ready for this weekend Gary Hill here Mariners taking on the Texas Rangers we'll talk about that coming up on Mariners pod today Wyatt Mills the Spokane product the zag he's going to join us at the end of the podcast he's got some fun stories to tell well also of course the Mariners no hits their last time they took the field after the after before the off day yesterday We'll touch on that and also talk about some of the history of Mariners no hitters, both thrown and thrown against. Now six apiece. They've thrown six, they've been no hit six times in their history. First, though, we'll talk briefly about the three games against Baltimore. Of course, the Mariners eight and eight in their previous sixteen coming in, which was a, a pretty nice feat given who they've played in that stretch. It was a brutal stretch but they lose 2 of 3 to Baltimore. Keep in mind Baltimore took 2 of 3, nearly swept the A's coming in. And then they took 2 of 3 from the Mariners. And really it was a series of the Mariners just not being able to find the offense. They did find some in game 2. They lost game 1 on Monday 5 to 3. Game two, they won 5-2, to two, adding some runs late. It was great to see Kyle Lewis going yard. The stretch and the pitch. Swung out and a fly ball into right field
1: and deep. Going back, Stewart to the warning track near the wall. Leaps up and it's gone! Goodbye baseball! Kyle Lewis with an opposite field. Three run, home run. Holy smokes! Four runs are in the eighth inning,
0: and the Mariners now lead the Orioles 5-1. to one. So a chance for a series win going against John Means. We talked about it going in. It was not going to be easy. Means has been one of the best pitchers in the American League this season. His off-speed stuff has been dynamite this year. Basically unhittable, and he took it to a whole new level against the Mariners on Wednesday. No hits the M's. Baltimore wins 6 nothing. And it's continued a trend with the Mariners' offense. You look at the slash now for the M's. 201 average, 280 on base, 359 slugging. So they're looking to find ways to get the offense going, maybe against the Texas Rangers. We'll talk about that in a minute. It also got me thinking more kind of big picture, and we've talked about this on the air several times this season. Yeah, You put the Mariners' team slash in context – with the rest of baseball you know baseball this year all teams combined batting 233 that's if you take any other season that is the lowest batting average in baseball history a 311 on base a 392 slug so baseball this season combined 233 311 392 slash what's interesting to me is the previous low batting average was 1968 when baseball combined to hit two thirty-seven, And, of course, 68 was a big year. There were changes after 1968. The mound was lowered, some adjustments were made, and I don't know, maybe uh, we'll see what happens after this year, but it feels like one of those inflection points in baseball. Of course, when I think about 1968, I think about Bob Gibson is the one I think about, who just dominated baseball in 1968, a 1-1-2 ERA and 34 starts, 28 complete games, 13 shutouts, 304 innings, 268 strikeouts. He won the Cy Young. He won the MVP. He was an all-star. He won a gold glove. He was amazing. And to me, he is the picture of 1968 and seemingly single-handedly lower the mound for baseball. Part of me feels like Jacob DeGrom is he's become kind of the face of what is happening this year where pitching has just dominated. Now, the numbers will go up, uh, it usually does, especially in August. That's kind of the high water mark when it comes to offense. But the question is, how much will it go up? And we you know when you're talking about the Mariners, it uh, they're looking for big improvement offensively this weekend against the Texas Rangers. So here's what we're looking at Friday, 5 first pitch. Saturday, 4.05 first pitch, and then Sunday, 11.35 first pitch. And Rangers, are a pretty interesting group. Uh, on paper, I, I think picked last in the AL West by just about everybody. And right now, it's kind of hanging tough. They're a game below 500 at 16 and 17. They've won three ball games in a row. They had a nice come from behind win yesterday against Minnesota for their third win in a row. Their differential is minus 12 uh seven and nine at home so far this season they've had some nice offensive they've had a mixture it's been a mixed bag well with any team kind of 500 that's probably not a big surprise but they have a mixed bag so far this year uh kind of their offensive standouts Nate Lowe their first baseman this year has had a a nice run so far Uh, 283 368 475 slash six homers He's driven in 24 so far. Nick Solak has played well, the starting second baseman now. Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who's moved everywhere for Texas, he's now playing shortstop. He's off to a really good start, too. Joey Gallo has struggled. Uh, Just three home runs and three doubles so far this season, but he's picked that up as of late. So they've managed some firepower along the way. The rotation has not been deep. Their best three happen to be the three that the Mariners will face in this series. Kyle Gibson, their opening day starter. It was bombs away his first start of the season, but he has settled into a nice groove since. He's kept the ball in the yard. Only two home runs allowed this year and seven starts. An ERA just under two and a half. So he's done a nice job for Texas. Uh, Mike Fultonavich will get the start in game one. An ERA a touch over four and six starts. He's fanned 31 and 33 innings. He's walked eight. He's given up nine long balls. That's been his issue so far this year. And Dane Dunning, who came over in the trade with the White Sox, uh, he started six times this year, a 3-8-1 ERA. He's fanned 29 in 28 innings. Uh, they've struggled outside of those three in the rotation, but the Mariners will see those three. Ian Kennedy has solidified the back end of the bullpen. The longtime starter turned bullpen man for the Royals and. He's almost double-digit saves already. He's their guy. They they have some pockets, though, of struggling in the pen. So Mariners look to take advantage of that offensively. So we'll see if the Mariners can get cracking against the Texas Rangers. So here's what we're going to do. You may enjoy this. You may not enjoy this. So if you enjoy it, great. If you don't, go ahead and fast-forward to Wyatt Mills, who's at the end of this. And I think you'll like that conversation. You don't want to miss that. So... What we're going to do next, we are going to play the final out from 10 of the 12 no-hitters that the Mariners have been involved in, on either side. The ones they've thrown, the ones that have been thrown to them. There's two that I haven't been able to find yet. I'm pretty sure somewhere I have the cassettes of the full games, but I have not uh, digitized them yet. So we don't have the Dwight Gooden... Yankees no-hitter from 96, and we don't have the Langston slash Witt no-hitter from the Angels against the Mariners in 1990. But you will hear the the last out of 10 of the 12 no-hitters, and we'll go in reverse order. So we'll start with the means from two days ago, and then uh, we'll just go on through. So we'll play them all. So here it is, and Wyatt Mills will come up right after that.
1: The windup and the pitch on the way to Crawford. Swing and a line drive to the shortstop. Urias makes the catch. And John Means has thrown a no-hitter this afternoon here in Seattle at T-Mobile Park. The Orioles win it 6 to nothing. Two outs, top of the ninth. The windup. And the 3-2 to bogey. Swing and a fly ball into shallow right center field. Over is Reddick calling for it, and he makes the catch a combined no hitter for the Houston Astros tonight. Pitch to Smith. Swinging a ground ball to the right side. Renifo knocks it down, picks it up, throws the first. The ball game is over. A combined no hitter for the Angels tonight by Taylor Cole and Felix Pena as the Angels win it by a score of 13 to nothing. The 12th no-hitter in the history of the Angels franchise, and the third combined no-hitter. Paxton ready. Here's the windup, and the 0-2 pitch. Swing, and a one hopper to third. Seager's got it. Toss across. Ball game, is over. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter! The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the mound! The lefty from Ladner, British Columbia, has thrown the sixth no-hitter in the history of the Seattle Mariners franchise. The young man from British Columbia throws a no-hitter against the Blue Jays, north of the border here at Rogers Center in Toronto. From Paxton, his first no-hitter of his major league career. His first complete game. His teammates are mobbing him at the mound. He is surrounded by his teammates. Paxton has thrown a no-hitter tonight here in Toronto on May the 8th of 2018. The windup and the pitch on the way. Para with a swing and a fly ball. Left center field on the run. Jackson, he makes the catch. A no-hitter. For Sashi Iwakuma. Iwakuma being mobbed out at the mound. The fifth no-hitter in Mariners history. Sashi Iwakuma has done it. One strike away from baseball history. Hernandez looks in. The windup and the 2-2 pitch. Strike three called. Felix Hernandez pumps his arms in the air. Felix has just thrown the first perfect game in Seattle Mariners history. He's being mobbed by his teammates behind the mound. He's done it. He's done it. The old one on the way. Swinging a ground ball, Ackley at second. He's got it. The throw to first. It's over. The Mariners have a combined no hitter. <laughs> Six pitchers combined <laughs> to throw a no hitter here at St. Paul Field. And they're going crazy at the corner of Dave Newhouse way and Edgar Martinez Drive. Kevin Millwood, Charlie Furbush, Stephen Pryor, Lucas Lindy, Brandon League. Tom Wilhelmsen, combined, six pitchers combined on a no-hitter here at Safeco Field the 10th time in Major League history there has been a combined no-hitter. Holy smokes, what a night for the Mariners. Two down here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Here's the windup. And the 3-2 on the way. Check swing. Did it go? Strike three. The ball gets away from Pierzinski. The throw to first and it's over. Phillip Umber has thrown the 21st perfect game in Major League history. He is being mobbed out in front of the mound here at Safeco Field. It is the 18th no-hitter in Chicago White Sox history. He strikes out Brendan Ryan on a check swing, strike three. Brian Runge, the home plate umpire, Calling strike three. The ball got away from Pierzinski. He fired down to Konurko at first for the strikeout and the 27th consecutive out recorded. Holy smokes, what a performance by Philip Umber, the 21st perfecto in major league history. How about that? Fazio, his 2 1
2: pitch on the way, swung on. High chopper with a mound, charged by Miz Kill. Barehead throws, it's over. Hey. Brazil has done it! My, oh my! What a performance by Chris Brazil, the second no-hitter in Mariner history—and he is being bombed by his teammates out behind the mound. Great defense, great pitching, and these fans indeed have had a chair on baseball history here at the Kingdome tonight to see one of the more brilliant performances in history. As Bazio faces only one over the minimum and no hits, the Boston Red Sox beats them by a score of seven to nothing. You will never see a better pitched game. Congratulations to Chris Bazio being embraced by all of his teammates, and he did it in only 95 pitches. Indeed. My, oh, my. A man all alone with himself, but not all alone here. As 24,000 incredibly rabid Mariner fans are looking for that final strike. That will set Mariner history. Here comes the left-hander's wine. The 0-2 pitch on the way. Strike! It's over! He has done it! High fastball! Randy Johnson being mobbed by Scott Bradley down to greet him and the entire Mariner team. Here on the second of June, it ends at 9.51 Pacific Daylight Time. Randy Johnson with the first mariner, no hitter in history, and they are going crazy. Everybody, saluting the tallest man to ever put on a uniform in the history of baseball. Randy Johnson has done it. He has no hit the Detroit Tigers tonight, two to nothing. My
0: oh my. We started our conversation with White about his major league debut, what it was like taking the mound for the first time in a Mariners uniform.
3: Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot more crazy and nervous. Uh, nerves were going to be floating around, but it really, everything leading up to this moment prepared, prepared me for it. Just the hard work that I put in prepared me to not, to not be worried. Uh, I was just able to, to take what I know how to do. Now it's on a big league mound. Uh, you know, it, it really was a, it was a nice rush of adrenaline for sure. I, I'm not going to deny that, but I was able to, to do my craft out there and, and throw strikes fill up the zone and the ball. Luckily the ball went right to my teammates on a couple of them, but that's just how the game goes. And, and I'm excited to get back out there.
0: Now, growing up in Spokane, you grew up a Mariners fan. Is it extra special for you as a Mariner taking them out for the first time?
3: Oh, of course. Um, yeah, so many people, so many people in my family, in my friends my every, everything, Spokane, Washington, uh, it has been is a Mariners fan and, and was watching the game and I know is watching the game. I really just try to, to focus on what I got to do to do my job well for this team. I, I'm glad that everyone else gets to share in that, but it, you know it truly is special to be on the Seattle Mariners and be from Washington. I couldn't imagine any other way. Uh, I remember the day getting drafted and how big of a deal that was by the Mariners. But, I mean, it's even 10 times more of a big deal to actually pitch on the mound for the Mariners.
0: Who are your favorite players growing up?
3: Yeah, for me, it definitely was just Ichiro. And Felix Hernandez was somebody I always tuned in. I wanted to watch him pitch every time he took the mound.
0: We watch the alternate site every day from our perch up here in the booth. So we see Ichiro throw batting practice. We see him shagging baseballs in the outfield. You're with him every day now. Uh, have you had an Ichiro moment at the alternate site?
3: I haven't really had a specific moment with him, but I definitely we say hi. Um, I have taken a step back and realized the perspective I have from that. You know, I, I'm on the field and sharing the dugout, sharing space with Ichiro. I, I really I give him his space. He's he's doing his thing. He probably runs more sprints than the pitchers. He's out there working harder than everybody. Uh, but he absolutely has a passion for the game, and I want to follow right follow right in his footsteps with that.
0: Your journey is so interesting. It's very unique for those that haven't seen you pitch a side armor. How did that come to be your unique style?
3: Yeah, I was I was in college, sophomore in college. I uh, was told I was gonna redshirt in the fall. And I just didn't want to accept that as an answer. I wanted to play. So I I took it to myself to let's, let's try to change something and was with a buddy throwing after practice sidearm. Uh, I remember throwing to the, to the bucket during batting practice, working on my different pitches and then asked my coach, Hey, can I throw a bullpen? I'm sidearm. I've been working on it. And from there I impressed the first bullpen and made the team played 22 innings or something my sophomore year and the collegiate summer leagues really helped me getting me innings uh, to perfect that the craft uh, and which we're still continuing to try to perfect it. But every year I've gotten better. I've gotten stronger. Velocity has gone up. Movement's gone up. Confidence has gone up. Um, I still think there's more room to grow, but yeah, sidearm, I'm sidearm and I'm not going back.
0: At what point at Gonzaga did you think major league baseball was actually a possibility for you down the road?
3: Man, I, I really didn't have that thought until my senior year or maybe my, no, my junior year, one of my, my assistant coaches, who's actually going to be my brother-in-law now, funny story, but so he was a coach and he, he played with me when I was younger at Gonzaga. And he said, when did you know that you, uh, you know, that you were going to be a big leader? And I, and I was just kind of stunned by that comment, you know, coming off of a really good performance, throwing it harder than I ever had And that's kind of when it hit me like, wow, you know, I do, I do kind of have the stuff that, that can turn into a major leaguer. And from then on, that's when, that's when the uh, scouts started sending me information. They wanted information from me. A conversation started there and now I'm here.
0: So what was more exciting getting your first out at the big leagues or the shot against UCLA? (sighs)
3: I'm, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, getting my first out. Uh, just because it, it was me personally and, and, in baseball, but it, it was cool too, that it was a PFP. Uh, I got to field field, my own ground ball and, and make my first out, calm me down a little bit.
0: I know you underhanded. I, w- I was curious if you're going to throw it overhand to first base, if it was far enough away,
3: <laughs> uh, if I got, if I got the time, I'm going to run over there and make it a short toss, uh, make it as easy as possible. Cause I mean, it's hard for me to, if I throw it overhand or something. I don't practice that that much. So it's, it's going to be a sidearm with movement or it's just going to be an underhand toss. Nice and easy.